Quantum Conversations, your portal to the inner realms. Access infinite possibilities, infinite mastery, and infinite love. Mind-expanding, heart-opening conversations with some of the greatest spiritual teachers, luminaries, and healers of today's world. Usher in new earth by living in your sacred heart. Quantum Conversations is brought to you by AcousticHealth.com, home of music from the universe, online healing retreats, and this program. Claim your free registration to daily shows at AcousticHealth.com. AcousticHealth.com, your portal to the inner realms. Our program starts shortly. Welcome to another Quantum Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and I invite you to sit back as we enter the Quantum Realm, that space of the greater part of you. It is your connection to infinite possibilities, infinite potential, and infinite mastery. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. We greet you with our sacred heart today as we enter a space of love in this broadcast of light. We thank you for being here. My guest today returns to the show. We have an update from this seer and oracle and a beautiful person who's bringing science and spirituality together in her own understanding. And today we're going to be talking about the incredible shift that is underway here in this year of 2021. Elizabeth Wood is with us. We're talking about new soul skills and full remembrance. Let's have a big hello for our beautiful sister, Elizabeth Wood. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad to be back. I just love this beautiful community. Thank you, Lauren. We are so glad to have you here. Let's first connect in with everyone. There is, uh, there's been a series of things in the collective that are violent and it brings up some fears and it brings up some triggers and there's so much going on. And that's why what we're here to talk about is one of the most important things that we can do. We could call it embodiment. We can call it higher self connection. We can call it soul skills because a soul skill really is something that is held within our higher self that we have access to when we embody more and more. So we're going to talk about that. But Elizabeth, before we get there, girlfriend, let's talk about you. Welcome. You are, you've made a a shift significantly in your location and everything. (laughs) How is that going for you? It has been the most incredible experience. It's kind of like being put in a blender, um, but like uh, magnified quadruple times. 
you were in another country, so it's almost like culture shock, right? But it's different than that. It is. You know what it is? It's energy shock. And as as an anthropologist, I can see culture shock from a mile away. So I'm totally Mm -hmm. prepared to show up in a new culture, no problem. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, the dream was to always be able to take my family and experience a multicultural experience, um, another cultural experience. Now, we're here in Ecuador in this tiny little village town called Bilcabamba that is uh, nestled in the Andes. And like many towns here in Ecuador, we have a cash-based society. And you have literally, we drove past somebody using oxen to plow their fields. And there's farmer's markets with mind-blowing amounts of varieties and amounts of just foods that would straight up make you cry if you live in the United States, um, which is, that's exactly what happened to me the first time I saw them in these markets, um, because I'd never seen anything like it. So there's just this really sense of going back to basics. Um, However, we're in a valley that is multiple vortexes on top of vortexes. It's the high heart of the Earth's chakra system. And literally, this town is the high heart, which is this place of universal compassion. So when you show up here, you have not just one magnifying glass, but two, showing you not only your shadow, but your light. And it has been the most profound manifestation of physical healing, mental healing, emotional, and, of course, spiritual healing that I've ever experienced And I get to share some of this juice with all of you today um, and how truly, truly you are a creator being my friends. I didn't truly understand what that meant until I got here. And I've been living in this vortex, um, living in the field of my teacher and living, of course, with this new culture that is totally heart centered and totally grounded with the earth. And if you're craving this, I'm, I just want to set you up with the ability to drink it fully today while we talk together. But that's exactly how it's felt, is this interesting level of magnification. And I'm so glad that I've been through what I have to get here. <laughs> well, okay, interesting. We may have time to go more into that. Um, we are going to talk about uh, really our new soul skill sets. You're bringing them online. Um, this is all about also, you know, remembering who we are, bringing more of the the great light that we are into our planet. We are certainly seeing opportunities for each one of us to hold divine light to radiate it out in our community, and to assist others in finding this within themselves, finding this higher self connection. And so when we are here today talking about these skill sets and and things that you're seeing in the collective consciousness this year, um, where it is a step up time, it's almost like um, 
Okay, so he, I have to be very um, transparent here. People are wherever people are in the planet, whether you're in Atlanta, I'm in Boulder. And, you know, there was a, a heavy despair this morning that I felt after spending a night wondering if anyone that I knew was affected by recent violence. And then it come, there comes a different reality, one that was so deep. Elizabeth, and I think this is what we're all going through. No matter where we are, we can feel this. We can feel it in the collective. And at times it feels like a deep despair is coming up. When we allow ourselves the space to transmute that, we feel better. Can you talk yeah. a little bit about what's going on here? You know, we're feeling it. Um, it's sad, but we we can go inward and this doesn't mean that it's it's a cop out but it's it's a trigger to go inward right yeah 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 triggers are treasure so we need those triggers and so we we might take a, a certain approach to this and examine the layers that are occurring because all of us are sensing this is highly complex and so you're right, it is, <laughs> um, it, because it's multidimensional. That's why it's complex. And half the dimensions that exist have duality in them. Uh, so it's very important. Duality is built in. So we're talking about violence and peace, arrogance and worthlessness, victim, tyrant, all these really important aspects that are built in to at least the human experience. And having dealt with many, many extraterrestrials myself or other dimensional terrestrials, they experience it too. I really haven't met anybody who doesn't. So it's, very, it's a very important part of our universe that these dualities exist, that violence shows up around us for us to respond to. And the response, of course, is going to tell you how far you've got with your inner work. If you respond from the mind and from your trauma, then that's going to be key. That means that you've been blocked by that ego trauma structure. There's nothing wrong with it. It's there to help you navigate a pretty messed up reality that's been based on subjugation. And then if you really work at that and you notice your triggers and you find them in your body. So let's pull up that grief. Whatever grief has shown up in the past few months since December solstice, I want you to find it in your body with me. And it really can be anywhere. It could be in your pinky. It could be in your toe. It doesn't matter. The emotional body is telling you where the structure of that grief is being held. So if you go deep into the structure of it in that part of your body, what are you going to find? You're going to find that this structure is reacting to the violence around you or whatever it is that caused you this grief. Perhaps it was some kind of loss. Perhaps it's just straight up fear for your own survival. Perhaps it's a feeling that you are alone and isolated or that you don't have enough space and that you're completely bombarded. So there's so many ways for all these things to be pinged is the term. 
the trauma gets pinged in the body and then we have an emotional response, but we usually stop there. Now, if you keep going deeper into it, you're going to find, oh, I see there's definitely polarity here. I'm getting pinged around this violence perhaps and now I'm in grief. Is it all mine is a really good question. Is this grief all mine? No, no, it's never just yours. No, it's the epigenetic memory of all your ancestors that was inherited through the DNA. So this grief, for example, it's kind of like ivy. Ivy will spread itself and branch out and it, and it moves and grows in many directions at once through someone's life. And this trauma ivy, we can find the root of it in our body. So even if it is in your toe or perhaps it's in your heart or your neck or your shoulder, I'm just bringing your attention to the spots of your body because I'm noticing it in mind. So there might be things going on with our audience. And so if you go deep into this, what are you going to find? You're going to find really dense structure and you need to go to the bottom of it. In order to really get the ivy out of the way, you must uproot it. And you've got to pull that taproot out and you can't leave any little bits and pieces behind or it grows back. So we go dig deep and we go drop through the grief. And what are you going to find? Fear. Every time. Every single time. You drop through density, shadow, ego, trauma. You, when you know you're at the bottom, that's when you're afraid. And so it's fear that you go through. And usually people stop there because it's so horrific. It's so awful. And it's a shame because literally they're one step away from being finished. So we don't want to be finished with just the grief. We need to pull it out by the taproot. And it's going to be fear that's really difficult to name. There's not going to necessarily be any reason for the fear. Those reasons might have happened to your ancestors half a million years ago. But now it's the time to, of course, uproot it. So we go drop through the fear. And you got to fall all the way through it. And it's amazing what happens. It's like a cycle through the dimensions. Because you take yourself all the way through all these really dense polarity-based dimensions, and then you end up dropping through into this incredible formlessness, into love. So you can take all that grief and say, I'm finished with this for now because it's blocking my view. I can't see what's really going on in the world because I'm just, it's so distorted by this ivy in my way. That could be any triggered trauma or emotion or ego. And I want to point out, too, that all ego is simply trauma under pressure. Ego is simply trauma that's been put under so much pressure that now it literally thinks it has to navigate for you. And I've seen this big shift where people are really conscious of their ego and their trauma, they're conscious of their soul and they're conscious of their body. It's almost like a very slight separation between all these three things so people can be aware of what's going on, that the ego and trauma is driving the car. The body's supposed to be the navigator no matter who's driving 
But when the ego and trauma are driving it, it's really confused and the body really is in defense mode. So we've been gaining a lot of weight. We've been, or not eating at all. We've been doing different things to protect ourselves that are so subconscious at a physical level so that we don't feel completely overwhelmed by the ego trauma that's driving the car. Meanwhile, the higher self or the soul is in the back seat saying, look, you totally took a left turn onto a one-way street that you shouldn't have taken, man. You got to go back up and we got to go towards the light. And the ego's like, well, I don't know about that. There, there must be a better way. Because we still got to navigate all this stuff, this town full of people, this household full of people. We, we got to drive towards all of that. And meanwhile, the soul's like, no, no, you're, you're, now you're lost. Stop it. You got to drive towards the light. And the ego doesn't know how. So we really need to give our souls a chance to drive. And really, you can only do that well when you're noticing how your body feels when you're triggered because your brain mind is going to try to take over and do pros and cons and logic to solve it. And it doesn't work because there's hardly anything logic about trauma. There's nothing logical about trauma really, except for chemical reactions. So the mind can't fix it because the mind really can't grasp higher dimensions. Anyway, there's nothing to psychically see there. There's only to feel those higher dimensions, they're so formless. They're so refined. So I encourage people to ask yourself, what's triggering me? Where is it in my body? What's the taproot? And go, and go deep. Don't worry about breadth. Worry about depth. If you, and here's what's so cool. I just did this recently. I had an eating disorder when I was growing up. I, I was a terrible anorexic. And I asked for the next big, huge thing that I needed to shift. And my young 15-year-old self showed up. And I asked myself, what did it feel like to be 15-year-old Elizabeth? And it was horrible. I was starving to death. But I asked how it felt to be in my body. And I was starving. And I was so miserable. And I I noticed that I allowed it in my body and then I dropped through the, the layers. It feels like you're crashing through floors until I found pure fear. And then I knew I was right on track and I took my 15 year old self through the doorway of fear and did it with gusto because I know what's on the other side. So I took her, my whole body, my whole traumatized ego through this gateway, through dropped out through the fear into love, into just this pure light, this love. And suddenly my body burns. It feels like all of that trauma suddenly gets erased. It gets burned out by the light, burned out of my DNA. Then my body feels lighter. My mind feels lighter because what has just happened? I pulled that ivy out from the root and I pulled its tendrils out from the entirety of my life. So now there's more clarity because that, there's so much more light. And this is really key. This is how you end up doing the thing we're talking about, remembering who you are and what your skills are. 
So this is the process. It's it's not pleasant to do this, but it actually elevates all consciousness. So if you're not willing to do it for yourself, and there's some of us that have a hard time doing this stuff for ourselves, then do it for the collective. And you'll eventually get to that part of you who needs you to pull her out or him out from the root and make it so that you're doing this for you too. You're included in the sovereign service of the whole entire planet. And that'll be key along the way. But if we need motivation, if you want the world to change, this is one of those beautiful steps you can take. So that's what I'm seeing right now with people as they're navigating this. Very interesting. And, okay, the trigger to go inward on all of it. And then really recognizing, is it ours or not? I mean, I think that we can say, wow, but to recognize it as ancestral or not to even label it really, not to really, yeah. or just to just to feel it and then know that it's gone. Um, wow. It, it's like we're clearing that on the collective in a huge way and even in our own life. I mean, I felt that. And, it, you know, here it is. It's almost like, um, it's almost like for the collective, all of us, each, each of us are being asked, you know, when is enough is enough, right? When is enough enough? When are, when are we going to care enough about other people? Um, that's why people who listen to shows like this and do this inner work, this deep inner work, really are the leaders for those who need help in making that very same connection, the very same connection to the higher self and this inner wisdom. Because once we, again, it is really simple. It's not so easy, but once we get done with all this baggage, there really is beautiful inspiration. There's a confidence. The connection with the higher self, as we can hear that voice, is so clear and no nonsense like that we can get the directives and I actually see a world where more and more people will do that I actually see a world where everyone will do that because I think as children before all of this programming let alone the programming from the ancestral right the ancestral lineages but I think as children we all know we all know we all are in tune with that integrity and that kindness. So here in our collective, we must begin a conversation on how we can all bring peace. How do you hear someone who doesn't agree with you? How do we recognize that we all want the same things? Peace, yeah. joy, happiness, right? Equality, prosperity, abundance. We all want that. And so I think that's what we mean by keeping our eyes on the prize. We talk about New Earth every day on this show. New Earth is a vibration. Yeah. And we cannot get to New Earth when these triggers are there. So we say with tongue in cheek, hold on to your hat as we do this heavy lifting and this heavy clearing. But it's not so easy at times. We can, we can really feel some of the grief and then despair. I even was that way this morning. And I realized it's when... Our back is, we could say our back is figuratively against the wall that we then care so much to start making a change, to start using a voice 
to write letters to the editor to help influence the greater collective. So, wow, it's pretty interesting what's going on, but we feel better when we can do this work and we know what to do within us. So thank you for sharing that, Elizabeth. It does help. Well, I think you're absolutely right. If you're listening, you're a superstar. Look at you. You just got through one of the toughest moments of human history called a gigantic holy cow paradigm shift. Mm -hmm. And when paradigms shift, it's subtle. (laughs) You'd think that it would be like this big blast of light. And it, it was, except that it was, that it really has to percolate through. We're talking about light that is so clear. There's a lot of different kinds of light, but the clear light of existence, the void light, the clear light of existence is what is causing this blinding clarity. And some of the blinding clarity shows us how dark things really have been and and what there is to dismantle. And that can cause, and it's so immense that, that it can cause a mental breakdown in people. So right. I, want, I want to forewarn folks, look, the blinding clarity is going to show you, just like me in this crazy vortex here, uh, it shows, it showed me all my shadow in such great detail that I hit rock bottom a few times being here because I thought it's too much. I, I'm not strong enough, but because I've been trained in mysticism along with science, I've been very lucky to have that part of myself say, hang on a second. I'm the one who created this. I created this. And so that means I'm totally strong enough to handle it. I'm totally strong enough to get through this. So let's just climb to the top of it and start chipping away. Because the energies available, that blinding clarity also makes room for all the qualities of light to permeate and dissolve and cause all these structures to become formless faster with one single point called your attention. What are you putting your attention on? Now, This is really key because we are often taught that if we put our attention on something, it grows. No, that's half of the equation. If you put your intention on it with your attention, then it's either going to grow or it's going to dissolve. So intent is, is half the equation. If I say I intend to dissolve this trauma that I'm having around my fear that I'm going to die and not finish my purpose here on earth, which has been triggered in all of us over the past year. If I'm, if I put my attention on this with the intent to dissolve it, then it's going to happen. I have to envision it, I have to feel it, and I have to let it go. I have to let it happen. You can't just hang on to it. you got to let it go. Or I could say, I intend for my soul's light and all my remembrance from my soul and all my skill sets from my soul 
to be the one driving the car into the light so my ego gets more and more enwrapped by that light and becomes quieter and quieter and dissolves naturally in that light and I see it, feel it, know it and let it go, then these things will happen. And the reason why they're going to happen faster now than before and what's the before? There's this very clear marker in time called December Solstice 2020. December Solstice 2020. And here we just got through Equinox. So congratulations, everyone. Good work. You got through Equinox. Now it's time for the most interesting part of our ride. Every single time when we go on a wave of consciousness, it's the downward ride. You got you to gotta be a really good surfer of consciousness on the downward ride as it goes to solstice in June, where another wave is going to start going up. So you either get to surf or you get pummeled by the waves. And if you're doing this consciously, you can surf. But solstice of 2020 was very special because it was the end of an entire set of programs, an entire set of structures, an entire set of parameters for a very brilliantly designed experiment in consciousness. It was the end of that experiment. There are no limits now. There's no floor. There's no ceiling. There's no wall. There's no structure. No wonder people are either totally losing it or mm-hmm. feeling more and more motivated to go into what's possible. And it's usually... If it depends on how much trauma you've been working on um, for you to feel one way or another. It's never too late, of course. In fact, I would argue that if you're feeling pummeled, now's the perfect time to start working on this stuff because it's going to happen faster than it did last year or the year before. Faster and faster. In fact, literally, the Earth is spinning faster every day. It's now... Faster, it's spinning faster now than it ever has in measurable history. So, for real, stuff's literally physically measurably happening. That's my scientist self who's like, I need measurable results here. So, let's say you've done this. Now it's time for you to do that other piece. Focus in on the skill sets, focus in on the soul, letting the soul drive. Doesn't mean the ego's not there, the ego's gonna chit chat in the back obnoxiously, whatever, trying to be a backseat driver. But the deeper you get into light, the deeper you go into the self, into following that consciousness, and you keep asking, this is the point of self-inquiry, who is it that says, I am Elizabeth? Who is that? Because I am not Elizabeth. That's impossible. This is only a portion of who I am. And if you keep asking that and you go deeper into it, you find more and more light. Then you end up finding this sense of being seen by the universe and loved as being perfect. And I've been steeping in this, and I call it the ninth dimension. I'm just hanging out, steeping in the ninth dimension. I'm not finished acclimatizing to it because it still hurts. It still really hurts to be seen by Source God and loved as being perfect. There's parts of me that doesn't believe that I'm worthy of that love, that doesn't believe that I am perfect. 
and that doesn't realize that the beautiful source God looking at me is actually me. But my soul does. My soul knows that. So I'm sitting in this, letting it burn away. This is why these sort of fast, hard processes, they hurt. They physically hurt. It burns. It's not comfortable to drop through fear. Not at all. That's why people hardly do it. But when they do, they up-level their consciousness so much faster. And when you get used to it, then fear comes along and you're like, oh, yeah, right on. Now I'm finally at the fear. And then you celebrate it. It's kind of a weird swap up of mindset. So you get to focus in on the soul in this way, in this time, better than ever now. Because everything is more clear. So I, I see this, of course, affecting all the layers of reality. And this new soul skill standing, they show up because... People are willing or have been doing this work. And I'm noticing more in the past few months since December than ever before. Skills that I never have ever seen in all these years of many thousands and thousands of readings and sessions. And I haven't seen any of these things before. There is a, there is a reason, I think, that this has happened. Part of it is because of the paradigm shift. But the other part is that now since there's no parameters, there is possibility for the DNA that's, that happens only when an age ends and a new age begins. So I'd like to get into that, but I want to step back and just notice all of you and celebrate you that you're willing to notice this stuff, that you're willing to put your attention on what can dissolve and what can grow and that you're willing to see what this is like to let your soul drive deeper into the light so that your ego naturally becomes enwrapped by it and doesn't need to talk anymore. And that's what happens to your mind. So I can actually attest to this, having a very still mind and very rarely finding my ego has much to say at this point, especially as I'm driving slowly through the ninth dimension of being perfectly loved by source and seeing what that's like and noticing that light in myself as it burns all of that self-hate and the non-deserving worthlessness away. I can assure that many people are feeling this right now. Yes. All right. We feel so comforted by your words and I love how you shared that there's no parameters since that December solstice of 2020 there are no limitations there are no uh, there's no ceiling and so I want to share what you said there you you mentioned that we're just going to have more and more opportunities things are going faster we're going to have more and more opportunities to shift into love, to let the soul drive. In fact, some say that this ascension process is really the acceleration, the acceleration of how quickly things are being, things are coming up for us to change. And that brings us right into the DNA, 
We're going to yeah. talk more about this. But when you're talking, so it's two parts. My question here is two parts. Letting, when we focus on these skill sets, can you share a little bit of the skill sets that you're seeing come through in your clients and then what it means to let the soul drive, right? So, I mean, it's really, it could be as simple as hearing this inner voice and allowing that. Can you expand a little bit about how we identify these skill sets coming in and how we let the soul drive us? Oh, I love that. That's a good question. So let's address the soul driving first, because then you can ask yourself how how you're feeling about how I describe this, letting the soul drive, right? With the assumption that that's what I've been up to, is letting the soul drive. So if we go back in time a little bit to when I wasn't letting the soul drive, I would describe it as constant oppression, especially mentally. I felt emotionally, physically oppressed by things that I couldn't even name, by things that were so seemed so out of reach and seemed like I was trapped in. And that's how being traumatized feels. So I noticed this voice would come up Regularly, and this was like over 15 years ago, I was really trying to help heal my own PTSD and my trauma. And I noticed this voice would come up and, man, she was horrible. She, or it was the other way around, either that she'd be either totally worthless and mean and cruel to me, or she'd be totally arrogant, one or the other. And it was me using that dynamic, that polarity of worthlessness, arrogance to navigate reality. So when I was especially feeling worthless, I'd end up in these immense moments where I got a chance to use my arrogance to balance it out. And always, always, I had this constant dictation going on in my mind. And I really thought that it was me talking until I'd really look at those voices and notice them. And they never were really me. They were either subconscious personalities or traumatized versions of me, always, always being distorted by trauma. So really all those voices are, are literally all the different voices of your trauma. And they could be childhood voice. They could be a different sort of personality part of your voice, whatever. But nonetheless, we talk to ourselves in our mind and we think that that's our voice and it's not. And that's key. So that's a measurable thing. And then you're going to notice how it makes you feel. Well, how did it make me feel to have this voice tell me that I was too ugly, that no one wanted to be with me or love me because I was too ugly? Well, then, of course, I can feel it right now in my body, although it moves through me now because it doesn't have anything to stick to which is an important piece, my friends. It doesn't mean you don't have crazy feelings. It doesn't mean you're not sad, angry, triggered, whatever. It means that it doesn't have anything to stick to, so it moves through you. It doesn't mean the end of emotion. It means the upkeep of trauma, so that you're not being traumatized, and there's nothing for it to stick to, so it moves through. So you'll totally have feelings, but it's not going to end up building up more and more and more energy in your body 
turning into density, which turns into ego. So noticing that voice and then saying, you know what, actually, I have this other voice. It's this objective witness self. It's this soul level voice that I don't understand fully, but I really know that this is me, my real me. It's not Elizabeth. It's something else. And I just trusted that. And so that's really important. You don't need to know where your soul's voice comes from or why. <laughs> don't worry about that. That comes later. That comes with remembering. But you need to notice the voice that's not the one who says, hang on a second. I'm really tired of you telling me how ugly I am every time I look in the mirror. And that didn't work, of course, saying, hey, you need to stop it. Because then, of course, the ego is like, well, I'm not going to stop it. I'm trying to save you. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you navigate all this corruption where the whole world thinks you're ugly. You need to know how to navigate this. And my soul, of course, says, thank you. And it was that moment of gratitude. Thank you. Thank you for trying to help me. Suddenly, my ego got separated from my soul. In that one moment with gratitude, so whatever shows up in your mind, here's this wonderful thing that you can do. Bow to it in gratitude, even if it says some of the worst stuff you've ever heard. Bow to it in gratitude. Thank you so much. And this is how we ought to treat everyone, right? <laughs> Thank mm -hmm. you so much for trying to help me navigate this. Thank you so much for trying to make sense of it. I hear you. I am the soul in charge. And I have a different plan. I have a different perspective. I really thank you for what you're saying. I really honor it. I notice it. I hear you. We might repeat it back even. I hear you. I hear you're saying that I'm too ugly to be loved. But I've got a different perspective, a different plan. Would you come with me? Would you notice this? Would you be willing to let me play this plan out? This plan where there's nothing like beauty or ugliness to keep me from accessing love. That the polarity of beauty and ugliness or love and hate of the self or arrogance, worthlessness, victim, tyrant, that these things are not going to be the thing that defines my navigation anymore. Instead, I'm going to have a more direct navigation. I'm going to welcome all the love and all the hate. I'm going to welcome all the arrogance and the worthlessness because that stops the pendulum from swinging. I'm going to welcome both my victimhood and me being a tyrant. I'm going to welcome that too. This is the right way to navigate. The soul knows because the ego wants to take that wrong left turn down the one-way lane called worthlessness or arrogance or whatever. It thinks that it needs to go really, really deep into that town called self-hatred or really, really deep into victimhood in order to navigate reality. No, you don't. There is actually a highway that goes through it 
where you welcome and notice all the usefulness, all of the interest that those two sides of make available to you. And it's called the middle way. <laughs> you don't stop a hamster wheel from spinning by going the other direction. You pause, notice the middle ground, which is very fine. It's a very, very specific spot on that hamster wheel. It's that really narrow, that narrow line we walk. You pause and you find it. You stop. That's why so many spiritual teachers say you need to stop. You need to stop your mind. You need to stop your emotional body. You need to go into stillness. Literally, you have to physically. So you do that through emotional processing like we've described, dropping through the fear. You do that with meditation. But you find that middle ground and you step off. And then you're way well on the highway where you're really honoring and noticing the value of all these places that you could go with your consciousness. But instead of deciding one is better than the other, and going into them, you decide that they are all an equanimity going to serve you to learn no matter what. And therefore, you don't really need to stop off into victimhood or worthlessness anymore. You need to keep going on the highway that goes higher into the light. So that's the key to knowing how to start doing this. And I don't stop. I'm still doing it. I'm I'm still noticing my ego's voice, especially in meditation today where it was like totally taking over. And I'm like, look, girlfriend, <laughs> you can chill. Um, and, it, and it's not easy. It's a it takes a lot of guts to do this. And all of you are, like I said, superstars at this, at knowing that, hey, I really want something more for myself but it's also for the whole world. So then we get into a little bit of, well, once you've been doing this for a bit, and again, it won't take you nearly as long as it did before, so don't worry about that. All the rules and parameters around that, totally gone. Don't even worry about it. It's a whole new, it's a whole new experiment now. Well, we haven't even made the experiment, so there's that. <laughs> we, we haven't decided together what this new experiment is going to be. That's coming but right now, we got to just notice ourselves. We really need the self in this time. With that, of course, what does the soul offer? All these crazy skill sets that were all hidden before because the parameters of the experiment wouldn't allow them. So let me name some off. And I actually have taught classes about these skill sets before, the original skill sets. And the original foundation is not gone. All of that is there, including the wisdom encoded in our DNA that made it so that we were really intelligent when we hit the ground. So we didn't have to learn like completely total noobs to consciousness as homo sapiens. We were gifted the 90, the 94 ancient templates of wisdom that made it so that we could function. <laughs> but beyond that, are all these skill sets that kind of got left out of this last paradigm. These are skills that might have been available in other paradigms or even on other planets. So one of them that I noticed was very straightforward. It, it was a type of alchemy where the person was feeling quite angry. 
And I said, you know, anger is pure power. If you really look at anger, it's just pure frequency. It's just really dense power. It's very hot because it's uh, it's on fire. <laughs> anger feels like heat. It's why our cheeks get all red and why we want to cry when we're angry or our face gets tense because it actually wants to move up through your body like hot air moving up and out. And we'll resist it because it doesn't feel good. And then we'll cry and our face gets red and when we're really angry or we tense up. So we're resisting the power of anger. There's nothing wrong with anger. Anger is one of the most amazing, fabulous, most interesting frequencies of reality. It's a generative power. And I said, okay. If we agree that there's nothing wrong with anger, or we could say there's nothing wrong with grief, it's a frequency that's full, packed full to the brim with power, right? And we could take any trauma and say that. That's all they are, are those really dense and incredible frequencies full of power. All what seems dense and dark is literally made of light. And if you unwrap it, it's full of such bright light that it would astound you at how bright it really is, how all dark density is really made of this light. So I said, if that's true, if anger is simply pure power, then what if you gathered it? And this was the skill. What if you gathered it from your field instead of projecting it outward or trying to get rid of it? What if you gathered it? What if you allowed your embodiment to generate this anger in the moment and you actually gathered it from your field instead of letting it be spewed out or do whatever? And I said, it's literally generating energy. So if you gathered all this energy, this power up, and you turned it into something, what would you turn it into? And I suggested, like, what if you could turn it into a crystal? What would this crystal look like? So we gathered all this anger out of the field, out of this person's electromagnetic field being created by her heart, right? We gather it, we turn it into an actual object, and now she has an alchemical, fourth-dimensional object made of pure power. It happened to be made of anger, but that doesn't mean that's what it's going to be used for. And I said, what if you use it like a laser beam to direct power? You could direct it and then into anything. You could use it to, with your attention to dissolve things or to replicate them, to make them bigger. And suddenly, the anger was the coolest, best gift that this person could have ever had. Because her soul knew exactly what to do with it. And all these years that she was angry suddenly made more sense. Of course I've been angry. I've been needing to really work with anger instead of get rid of it or be upset that I'm even angry. So suddenly now she has this whole new skill that she can use to do who knows what. <laughs> we'll see. Because she'll use it for all sorts of things that will generate or direct, dissolve, or magnify light. And that's exactly what that anger was meant to be used by her soul. How did the soul know how to do this? Because it knew how to do it before at some point. And that's what's so beautiful about it. 
One other skill set I'll mention um, of the, the beautiful, unusual skill sets showing up. Had the most amazing session with this beautiful woman, brand new client. And she says, you know, I'm in a lot of pain. I have constant anxiety, right? Sounds familiar. Physical pain, constant anxiety. We could, uh, we can all relate to this. And I said, oh my goodness, I see after, after we dug into this, we were going into the pain and it was really difficult to see much. I zoomed out which means that I kind of allow the bigger picture to be seen. And suddenly I could see, whoa, this person's grandmother from seven generations ago, that's 700 years, that this person's grandmother was reaching out through this lady's DNA, begging her for help, begging her for help. So we really look at the grandma Grandma's taken over this lady's body because grandma knows that this trauma is blocking this woman. But what showed up to serve the whole scenario was so beautiful. It was this woman's soul level skill set, something new that wasn't available before. Now, all of us have the ability to, of course, work with our ancestors and clean up all the trauma from our ancestors. We all have this skill, but this was something else. This lady, suddenly she could go in and not only process grandmother, but process the entirety of her lineage all at once. Now, the way that I've seen it over the years is that, no, you kind of got to be specific about the frequencies you're working with. In this case, it was sort of like a shortcut, like she had developed a skill as a soul to take the whole entire DNA and all of its history, which is a good half million years of trauma, and process it in huge, massive leaps and bounds, therefore healing her entire lineage, all of her family with it. And I'm talking about her physical family who is still alive. And I said, my God, I have never seen anything quite like this. You're literally a gatekeeper and embodiment. You're a gatekeeper and embodiment. You are willing to take all of the suffering of humanity through the gateway of your heart to dissolve it and drop through with the fear, with everybody with you. You're going to take your grandma, but you're going to take, you know, a million people with you some of whom are alive and some of whom are not, to clear the things that are being asked to clear. So we're talking about massive levels of trauma healing being available, huge levels of in-the-moment processes being available, skills to work with frequencies, light, power, dark, whatever, anything in existence that are in, in such big, massive ways, giant sweeps of consciousness. These are skill sets that I have never seen before because they were not specific enough for the old experiment. And so now all the general skill sets that are really broad like this are suddenly available because that whole experiment's finished. And so none of these ladies or people, men or women, could actually have accomplished any of these skills if they weren't willing to go through the past solstice and the past years of 
incredible suffering and change and trauma that were put upon us to manage as a species for our growth, like lifting weights. Now we're all like absolute bodybuilders. <laughs> if you got through 2020 and you don't want to just completely step out yet <laughs> and you're not quite done, then you're going to get the benefit of the ending of this experiment. And so notice your skill set suddenly becoming broader, bigger, wider in breadth and depth. So the skill sets that we could draw back and say, well, what are these specific skill sets exactly? They're just broader, deeper versions of the soul skill sets that we already have had over the past experiment. And the past experiment went over four ages 500,000 years. That's how long the experiment was. That's how long we've been cut off from our broad, extremely massive multidimensional skills. So these are some of the practical skills I've seen and why these skills are showing up now and not before December of 2020. Wow. Okay. Well, that is exciting. That is actually empowering. That is inspiring. And it is motivating. And, you know, if we were to each look at ourselves, some of the dreams, maybe even some of the things that we're capable of doing in a day, especially when we're being driven to the light or guided by the soul. Um, this is as simple as being in flow, being in joy, and we're able to achieve things. Well, to me, that's just very inspiring. So thank you for sharing that. And we were talking about the DNA, more and more of our DNA as we are in the light, as we are opening to love. So much more DNA is activating, coming online. It's multidimensional, and it's quite beautiful. So let's talk just a moment about the DNA, and then we're going to go to some questions because there are some that are coming in that just reveal people struggling with some of the issues that we're talking yeah. about. But let's talk very briefly about the DNA of the quantum effect of the DNA by simply being in the light of the soul. DNA is so interesting. So I'm, I've been part of a team who is actually reverse engineering what DNA is capable of. And certainly that's not an uncommon topic at all, but what I'm perceiving about DNA is so precious in that the more you unravel the trauma, and remember, we're talking about like atomic level, quantum level bonds. And what happens when you break an atomic bond? It turns into an atomic blast of mainly photons, right? That's exactly what you do when you heal trauma. <laughs> mm. You're you're simply breaking down bonds 
at not only a chemical and atomic and quantum level, but of course an emotional, mental, spiritual level, you're breaking these bonds when you go into your fear. The reason why it feels miraculous and open and powerful and why you feel like you're going to get so high you might fall off the planet when you're finished with the fear and you drop through the bottom, that's exactly how it feels. I've, I've had to get off sessions and be like, look, you need to go experience this power that you're experiencing because the person's like, my whole body's buzzing, my ears are ringing. I feel like I am going to float away. And I'm like, that's called power. <laughs> Go hang out with it. Let it percolate. Let it move through your DNA. It's cleaning up the trash bags. Um, all those trash bags were ever full of light. That's what it feels like to break the bonds, the binds of trauma that are so dense. It's the same exact concept. So as you do this, the light takes over. And then that light, it, it merges with the light of your soul. So there's physical light that literally happens. That's why people who do this work, your, your friends are going to say, oh, my gosh, you literally glow. I literally have people say that to me almost every day. And I just use it as a measurable result of what this kind of work does. Of course, I glow more because I am not holding it all into trash bags. Um, and there's plenty more trash bags, by the way, for me to go through. I was just going through some today. Um, but now I know yeah. the process, right? So it goes faster, it's more beautiful, and then it's more exciting, it's more inspiring. Now, with this DNA change that happens, what, what's happening? Well, let's really give you a visual for what DNA does. DNA is a house. The ancient people who created DNA, the Lyrans, of whom I am of that lineage, we created DNA for two reasons. So that we could remember everything and not lose it. Our ancestors, you know, we'd live for a million years because we were mainly fourth, fifth dimensional beings. We'd live for a million years and then one of our ancestors would die and suddenly a million years of information disappeared with them. With DNA, it was a library. We could store the memory of all of our ancestors in the library and have access to it. It was a clever reason to build the DNA. The other reason why DNA was built was to access all dimensions at once. Not one by one, all at once. You have access to all 12 dimensions, the first, second, third, all the way up through the 12th and source. You have access to all of this at once using DNA. How cool. So the original utilization of DNA makes sense that we are going to remember more the more we release these bonds, binds of trauma and allow them to be light, all wisdom comes from the different levels of adversity and problem solving that all species that came before ended up learning, including your soul, who's probably had experiences on other planets. So we have this beautiful house the original people called it the temple of light. They weren't talking about a place. They were talking about their bodies, the temple of light. And when they would enter into 
human DNA. They were entering into the temple of light where they had access to all memory and all dimensions at once. What a clever technology. And that's exactly what it is. It wasn't made in a goopy pool with lightning or something on earth. It was made very deliberately <laughs> over a thousand years on a whole other planet altogether and then seeded and planted all over the galaxy. And that's how handy and wonderful of a tool it was for consciousness is that it was spread all over the place because it was so wonderful and so amazing. So what happens to you? You unravel all this wisdom your ancestors went through and you recapitulate it and you turn it into actual wisdom instead of just trauma. All trauma turns into wisdom because that is light. So the house becomes wider, brighter, more clear. You become more aware in a constant awareness that there's nothing separate from you. You're able to navigate all dimensions and all the beings that live there too. See them, interact with them, notice them. Another set of skills. And then, of course, anything your soul remembers and all the souls of your ancestors become available too. Not only are you a living temple of light, you are also the embodiment of all the knowledge and wisdom of all of these many billions and billions of years of our experiencing this great temple in all of its dimensions. And so all that has to happen now, all the changes that are happening, are you being willing to go into the densest, darkest parts of that building, your temple of light, and say, all right, we're going to clean this closet up. I have no idea what's in here, but I am really brave, and I've been hearing that if I really dive deep and I find the fear that we're going to break these bonds that is darkening this whole section of my embodiment and my experience and my skills, and as we break the bonds, the light takes over in the soul's memory is literally enlightened, it's illuminated, then you remember who you are. You remember, oh yeah, I've been doing this for a while, or this was my total first time around being human, this is weird, or I've never been any sort of being like this before, now I'm in a body and I don't know if I like it. And there's so many different ways for us to find out about the self, but the common theme is, hey, we're all here to really, really utilize this incredibly crazy, dynamic, polarized world to up-level our consciousness. Only the best, most badass, super-powered souls come to Earth. I'm talking to you. Only the best, badass, super-powered souls come here. That's why you're here at the Change of Paradigm. That's you. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you badass. <laughs> and we said, right on, we can do it. We knew we could do it. That's why we raised our hands. Yes. Oh, yes. I remember this moment now. I'm serious, folks. You can really remember this stuff now. I remember this moment where I'm like, I worked so hard to get to this lifetime. How am I going to set myself up? with an undeniable series of events in this life to remind me of who I am. And I set myself up with the exact perfect amount of crazy trauma 
and was able to come into remembrance now at 38 years old. And if I can do it, you can. And that's the truth. And that's how we inspire each other. I watched people do it around me and I said, I can do that. I know I can. And then I did it. And if I can, you can. <laughs> so we're going to do this together. Mm-hmm. We are literally building new earth, creating new earth together because it has not been created yet. That's right. Thank you for such inspiration and that reminder. Yes, we do know what we know inside ourselves. And you are a beautiful teacher that assists those in finding that truth within themselves. You're a guide helping them truly remember. This is nothing that you're telling them. Again, I want to reiterate it, that you are assisting us in remembering. And that is so special. And why we must be so gentle with ourselves. So speaking of being gentle with ourselves, I want to share a comment from one of our attendees, one of our listeners, Mel. Mel, Mel, Mel. And for anyone who feels like Mel, this is going to be a beautiful response from Elizabeth. Okay, so Elizabeth, here's Mel's comment. She says, please, how do I stop hating myself? It is out of control. I even yell at myself out loud. What a failure I am. I can't get out of blaming myself for all my poverty and suffering. I'm not blaming any outside source. Mm-hmm. Okay. Self-love. What do you have for Mel? This is so important. I also struggle with this, Mel. Um, even though I remember so much, right? So let me walk you through it. Let's actually go through it together, all of us, real quick here. It won't take long. This is... This part of you who's yelling at you is not you, first off. So you need to separate yourself a bit from her just so you can get a glimpse of what she's all about. And we do that by bowing to that voice. We say thank you. So the next time the urge literally takes over and you feel like you can't help yourself but to yell at yourself or hate yourself, Mel, let let yourself notice that. you got to slow it down. How does that process show up? Is, is it triggered in something? What causes the voice to show up to try to protect you? You need to know what that is. It might be a, a whole array of things. The array might be so broad that you're like, look, there's a hundred things. It's not just going to be one or two. That's probably true. Self-hate is something that's really deep, right? It's pure worthlessness. So you got to bow to this first and say, thank you. Thank you for trying to help me. I know that you are hating me in order to try to help me navigate a world that hates me, a matrix that hates me, an experiment that hates me. It's a human hate level, serious, major, real program. The human hate program, that's not your fault. (laughs) That's something that you, your ego and your trauma ended up mapping to. It's a mystical term, to map to something. So no wonder you keep saying this. So first off, you got to get validated in what's happening to you. You're not crazy. This is happening to you because you're navigating a programming that literally hates humanity. 
No wonder you have this voice. So you need to bow to it and thank it. Hey, I really appreciate you trying to help me navigate this. And you're going to do that a lot at first. It might be a hundred times or more a day. It certainly was for me. And then it was 90 times a day. And then 80. And then 70. Don't give up. Be diligent. Be willing to be patient with this. It might happen quite fast at this point if you really want it. And I know you do. And then you're going to really notice this fear. There's a reason why this self-hate is coming up. It's saying you can't navigate the matrix. You can't survive in it. What a mess you are. You can't get arrogant enough to go and function in this matrix system that literally hates humans. What is wrong with you? You're not going to survive this world. And that's the key for you to know this, that that's what that part of you is trying to navigate. Turn around. Look at where you are. That's a jail that is crumbling. Do you want to stay in a jail that's literally crumbling to the ground? No. So how do you get out of the jail? You got to merge with it. So you got to say, where is this hatred in my body? You merge with the walls of the jail. Where is this hatred in my body? The jail is not outside of you. That's the illusion. The jail is inside. Where is the pain of hating myself in my body? That's how you're going to find the walls of the jail. And so you find it, and it's going to be in a specific spot, and then it might move, right? That's a good sign. It means that there's layers happening. You got to welcome it. What a wild idea. I welcome this self-hatred in my right shoulder. I welcome this self-hatred in my heart right now. And you allow it. It can't hurt you. You believed it could hurt you, which is why we've avoided going into it and actually standing in it. Seems like the exact opposite logical move to make. In ancient alchemy, there was a rule, and I love this rule. I live by it. In order to find the things that you need, go into the places that you don't want to go. And so you got to go into the self-hatred and allow it. Let it literally pour through your body. It's not going to feel good. But you're going to notice it doesn't kill you. It might make you afraid that you might die. That's excellent. What a wild idea that that's a good thing. Then go into the fear that you might die. Go into the fear that you might starve to death. Go into the fear that you're so poor that you can't function. All of these things I understand fully, so I'm speaking with great relevance here. And you go in and you find that too. Where is the fear that I'm going to die of starvation and poverty in my body? It might be all over your whole body. That happens too. It's not always in one specific spot. If it's the whole entire body that's freaked out by this, you're really onto something. And then you go stand in that. It's like a waterfall. It's simply a frequency. Stand in the waterfall of, I'm afraid I'm going to die of poverty. And you welcome that. And you fall to the bottom of it until you feel like you can't hurt any more than that. And you keep going. 
This is, again, where people stop. Don't stop. Go to the bottom of it. Take this part of you with you. It's a big chunk of your ego who's totally traumatized. And you take her with you and you say, you know what? I'm going to show you that on the other side of this fear I'm going to die of poverty is grace, is love, is light. We're going to break the bonds of this. And you're going to feel it. You're going to take her with you. And you might scream and you might cry. And this might take all day. It might take days. It might take an hour. It might take a week. And you're, you're going to get through this. And you're going to take yourself with you. You're going to take this traumatized part of you with you all the way through the bottom until there's this sense of, oh, I can handle this. Whoa. Now I'm not afraid. It didn't kill me. I thought I was going to die. It felt like I might die. My body thought I was going to die. But we didn't die. And now there's this whole other sense of expansiveness. It feels like relief. It feels like peace. It feels like euphoria. It feels like power. And it's light. And then this part of you who's been yelling at you this whole time... She can't help but be speechless at how bright and light everything was beyond all of this fear. That's exactly what it's going to take. However, knowing that I can describe it like this gives you a really good clue that it's possible. And it's not just me who's describing it with great authority. It's all the people who have done this beyond you. It's available in consciousness, which is why you're finished hating yourself and you're ready to be done with that frequency. All it ever was was information. And so as I walked you through this slightly, now you'll be able to know what to do. I gave you a roadmap. It's up to you to take your whole body with you into this and to do it. And you will feel what I'm talking about on the other side. And then you'll know exactly what to do and you'll keep doing it. Does that mean you're never going to yell at yourself again? Perhaps not. There might be layers to deal with, but you'll know exactly what to do. And it feels so good on the other side, you won't want to do anything else. And my goodness, Mel, if you can clean up this polarity of self-hate in yourself Imagine what radiant information will come from your soul out to the rest of humanity who's hating themselves too. What a great gift you can give. If you will do it for at least that, for, for us, if you can do it for us, then you can do it for yourself eventually too. Beautiful. More than Mel. There's, Mel is feeling that, I trust. And I trust that so many others really get that and understand it in a fresh, new way. Thank you, Elizabeth. It's so precious. It is so precious. It's the deep dive within, really rooting it out of our body, rooting it out. And not just rooting it out, but welcoming it. Like you said, welcoming it all, integrating it, becoming whole with it, recognizing yeah. it, dismantling all of those energies and really making space for love. This is almost like 
you know, we talk about diplomacy in the world, hearing other points of views that may not resonate with us. This is inner diplomacy, diplomacy of the soul. Oh, that's a really cool way to put it. Thank you, Lauren. I'm going to use that. Yeah, well, thank you. You helped explain it. (laughs) Really, it is. It's diplomacy of hear you. Come on. Whether it's outside of us or inside of us, it's all a cry for love. And we are the ones who can bring it. Our soul brings it. So what a journey. What an exciting journey. I I hope we can get to one caller. I want to, before yeah. we get there, I want you to share the many ways that people can work with you. As we mentioned, you are a beautiful guide for anyone going through this awakening within themselves. Anyone who needs help navigating what they're going through, you can show them. You show them how to really drive the ego to the soul light and surround themselves in this soul. You've got a beautiful offering here. This is quite extraordinary. There's a lot to it. It's over a year in your I hope you heard me okay. I hope our line is solid. I heard a, a, a gap, um, but yes, correct. Oh, you heard a gap. Okay. Um, your special offer, it is full yes. of beautiful things, a year-long membership to your circle, and so yes. much more. Yes. <laughs> Tell us more about this. I Perfect. love to. Thank you. So first I wanted to offer you all a, an, an actual live class. And on April 10th, I'm going to really take you through the DNA in a whole other way. I'm like, I'm going to share some of the reverse engineering of the capabilities of this technology that have been coming up. But I have been putting it, um, I've been doing it quite secretly. And so I haven't been sharing what I've been learning at all yet until April 10th. So that's when we'll meet for our live class called Remembering the DNA, the History and Practicality of the Temple of Light, which is what DNA is. So we'll get into that. Usually those classes last at least three hours long. And we might go longer because there's a lot to share. The next piece is something quite unusual that I haven't offered in a really long time, at least six or seven years. And I have a lot of a massive amount of body of work and not all not all of it is always available. But this body of work kind of peeked its head up and said, "Hey, I really want to be available again." And I I listen because there's some soul out there who really needs these. And it's a little mind-blowing like why there would be this many MP3s, but literally I'm giving you 94 MP3s. among more from there. But this one is literally a body of work called the Ancient Templates of Wisdom. There's 94 MP3s that describe all 94 of these ancient templates. They were all given to us as a gift at the beginning of our experiment by all of our ancestors that came from many, many other planets and dimensions. And it was their wisdom 
that they had incurred over eons of trauma so that we didn't have to relive eons of trauma in order to have this wisdom for our experiment. If you can know what these 94 ancient templates of wisdom really are, they're going to help you dig real deep into and open up different ways that your soul wants to bring in new skill sets. So it doesn't mean you have to listen to all 94 of them. It means that they're available. So consider it sort of like me being an encyclopedia salesman for a second and saying, hey, I have 94 encyclopedias here on all these particular topics that will be relevant to your life ongoing. And that's what I want to offer you. It's a set. It's an encyclopedia. And so it's a library. And that wants to be available right now. I have no doubt that it will be useful to you if that's calling you. And you can use it however you like. And so those MP3s usually run between 20 and 30 minutes long. So they're not like super long classes, but they give you some clarity about what's going on. What did our DNA originally get started with? That'll help you a lot with discovering more skills. The second class set is actually Soul Skill Sets 101, where I talk about the soul skill sets that have come through the ancient templates of wisdom that were available in the experiment. And I also give you a bonus class on how do you know which skill set is yours, because that's pretty handy to know. Otherwise, you'll get pretty confused. So it can help to know, hey, which one is really something that is some my, my soul has spent time in that section of the library of consciousness. So then you might move on to a different skill if you're finished with another one or you dig really deep into one that you started on. So you can know that that's available to you. Then we have the body oracle technique. It's how to find answers inside you. And I combine both an anthropological futurism based methodology with esoteric methodology and the body, which is my sort of signature, I combined multiple different methodologies into one called the body oracle technique, which will give you literally a way to navigate reality for any choice, including what kind of ice cream you want tonight. <laughs> So we can use it for any choice, even the tough ones like, okay, which direction in trauma am I going to go into or what kind of dessert will I have tonight? Either way, you can still use this technique. And it gives you a lot of depth and clarity about what you want to pull out and how you're going to replace it. Because we pull weeds out, my friends, but what are you going to plant in its place? You don't want it to be bare. You don't want other weeds to come in and replace it you're going to replace it it's important it's physics and then the next class is called empaths and entities training and i have a very different viewpoint on empaths and i have a very different viewpoint on entities so if those two things ping you and you might be an empath i describe the different types of empaths and how they function in this world which will give you a leg up in discovering what other skill sets are coming through for you if you're an empath. And then I have a very specific approach on dealing with entities that is the most succinct and clear and straightforward approach that I've ever come across 
over many, many years, two decades worth, perhaps more, dealing with these sorts of things, entities that are attached to you and oppressing you. So how do we deal with them? You'll love my approach if you're interested in unconditional love. And that's my little clue about that class. Then we have the healing the masculine and feminine class. Again, totally different approach that's both anthropological and spiritual, where I navigate with you. I take you on a journey of what it's going to take to bring these two seeming sides of polarity together in oneness to build new earth. And that whole class is exactly about that. And then um, I also include you in on my monthly calls at the end of each month on the last Sunday of the month, we get together and we dig in on what's been going on with each of us personally. And we rise it up, lift it up, elevate it to a universal experience. And we build a pillar of light at the end of our call to help transmit and radiate the light and intentions we have for the world each month. And it's so profound how that can unfold. And then just for fun, I've added some music from my husband. Um, and he has inspired me and elevated me with the music that he writes. And I wanted to give you a chance to play with that too just because it's such a great way to nourish yourself through just simply music that's full of light. It's so easy. And by golly, you probably get sick of me talking for, you know, 50, 60 hours straight. So you might want some music for in between. <laughs> that's what the package is. <laughs> See, that is so beautiful. So many beautiful ways to work with Elizabeth. Um, that full package with everything is such a value, so yummy for people to dig in and work with that. You have always been so gracious with your time and your offerings that we thank you for that. I wanted to mention as well that um, the DNA class on April 10th will also be available individually for those who want to just dip into that. But really, the full package is so huge with those 94 templates, ancient templates, and all the other classes and things that you offer, the monthly support, the group that you have. These are just great places for us to come together in our community and recognize each other, to hear the same uh, similar experiences that we're all going through. And you said the key word, Elizabeth, to elevate it into a new frequency of light. That yes. is beautiful. And we all do it together. And it really feels so good to come together in this way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for offering that special offer. We really appreciate it. My deepest pleasure, really. Awesome. All right. That is available for immediate download with that beautiful package from Elizabeth Wood. The link to that is here on this webpage. And as soon as you sign up for that, you can immediately get access to it and then have access to her upcoming class and all of the other events that she's got going with that offering. So let's go to our caller. We have time for one caller. Okay. Sorry, we can't get to everybody. And let me get there real quick. And we will unmute you. 
Okay. <laughs> Technical issues here. Maybe our computers are upgrading as well. Just a quick moment. And we have we have Beth. Beth in San Rafael. Hi Beth, you are unmuted. Do you have a question for oh, Elizabeth? Thank you so much. <clears throat> thank you so much Hi, for Beth. taking my call, Lauren. And Elizabeth knows me <clears throat> from thank years. Yeah. So, um, well, first of all, everything you said was amazing, and you were very, uh, Lauren used the word, um, um, uh, inspiring, and you were at one point. It was very inspiring, and I appreciate that. Um, also, I'm interested in knowing, <laughs> that's always an interesting topic to know, what would those gifts be that I have not uncovered? But I, what I was going to originally ask, and so address whatever your intuitive says, was um, I feel like my soul has been really pushing and calling at me to do to do be to be great or do more in my life, have more visibility. But whatever I I get so I'm blocked. I think to block myself to do it. So I have I think some fears or limitations or whatever's holding me back. And I could name this. There's a few different facets of that. But I do know I have no no need the world. to. Yeah, exactly. You are right on the money. I have an answer. Okay, um, it doesn't it doesn't take long these days. <laughs> so I want to I want to um, kind of walk you through something that just happened right Hello? before I Hello? I walked over to my neighbor's house. Can you hear me? Yeah, you went. Can you hear me? Okay. I can hear yeah, you, but it's kind of dicey. Out, but I hear you. Yeah, we can hear you. Mm-hmm. My apologies. It might just be my bandwidth. Um, so I walked over to my neighbor's house, who's an incredible healer, and I rarely let people actually work on me because I'm usually the one doing the work. But this person, um, he's mind-blowingly good at what he does in so many ways, and he's really killer psychic. So I went to my third appointment with him, and he's got me on the table and he's working on me and he says, Elizabeth, why are you still holding all of your light in a box? And he's French. So he like kind of, you know, really gets at me about this. He's like, will you please open your treasure box? What's the deal? <laughs> he's like, look at the box. What is going on with this box? And I said, well, I'm really afraid that, if I open this thing that I'm, that I'm going to, that I'm going to blow up the whole world or something that. Yeah. I, I thought that, you were going to say explode. Yeah. <laughs> me and the world that I'm afraid that I'm, that this power is going to be wielded wrongly by me because I've wielded it wrongly before. And I'm also afraid that it's going to change me and that I won't be the same and that people won't love me because I'll be different. Mm -hmm. And yeah. and he said, good, good, but there's more. He said, during those times when you wielded that power badly, you had an allegiance to what we might call the consciousness of darkness, right? Mm -hmm. And we have a lot of words for that consciousness. I'm not even going to name them because then you'll have a face to them and it won't be the right face. Because if you go past the face, if you go past the name, you're going to see the same thing. It's a distortion mm -hmm. of power over, right? Mm -hmm. 
using power over people. But the problem with making an allegiance to this is that, first off, you believed first that you weren't powerful enough in the first place in order to make any sort of deals. And secondly, that if you renege your allegiance that you're going to get major pushback and you'll be punished. And I said, that's what's freaking me out the most, that I might be punished for opening this box. And so we dug in, and I, I simultaneously had to process, I'm going to be punished. I'm going to be hurt. My family's going to get hurt. There's going to be so much that will happen that I'll change in such a dramatic way that no one will like me or love me anymore. And that I'm just going to end up blowing up the whole world with this light that's in this box because I don't know how to do this. All of that voice that was speaking about those three things is exactly what I see in you right now. Mm. So you need to go into the box and ask yourself, who is it that I've been afraid of becoming? Is she really that bad? Is she going to blow up the whole world by existing like that? The truth is, is that she might, but it's not going to blow up in a bad way. It's simply going to be given more light, that's all. The atomic bomb level clearing of that trauma is very, very real, but it doesn't do the damage that we've been taught it will. What was it going to damage before, Beth? It was going to damage the matrix. It was going to damage the, the human hate program. So we've been taught that our light's going to damage reality. Yeah, it is. <laughs> It's going to damage and it's going to destroy and dissolve the jail. You're right. It will damage reality. It's going to dissolve stuff that shouldn't be there anymore. And the second thing is, of course, repercussions. The repercussions of you becoming that light. Yes, people will treat you differently. You're right. But you'll be surprised instead of being afraid they're going to make a beeline to you. My sister always jokes that she likes taking me to bars because all the possessed people come straight at me. <laughs> and I said, well, yeah. you know what that is, right? And she's like, why? And I said, because I literally am glowing to them. Like that, that soul is craving nourishment. It's been starving. That's why they end up coming to talk to me because they're starving to death. And just a little bit of non-judgmental love goes a long way for that soul. And then the third thing, of course, is repercussions and being punished for being finished with our allegiance to using power over people. And this is an old soul level thing that distorts us because we have wielded these things wrongly in other times because we needed to learn about that. We had to swing the pendulum way deep into tyrant in order to even understand reality. And so, yeah, that's a valid fear. But it's also not fully true. It's not the end. So if we're finished with our, all right, well, I'm going to make an allegiance to the to the powers that be that have power over everything, and then I'll be safe. If we're finished with that, then we can go in, we can welcome the power over, we can welcome the tyrant within, 
and we can let everybody know, all right, all of this is done. We are finished reading this book called I'm Afraid to Be Powerful Because I Might Hurt People or Myself. And that's really key. And everyone's going to have their own personal journey to go through because each of us had different lifetimes around all this. But those are the three blocks keeping you from fully stepping into this. And when you dissolve them, the box is gone. And then everything becomes so different. And you're going to be asked to, and this is for everybody, including Beth, including me, we need to actually track this stuff. We're in a completely new situation right now. We need to keep track of this stuff. If we can mentally keep track of how different things happen to us as we clear this and we allow the treasure to be revealed within us, which is just pure light from the soul and source, that if we can start to track and measure how things change in our life, the mind finally catches up and is convinced that this is a real path for an elevated, happier, much more elongated life. And that's what I perceive. And I think this is great for all of us. It's good for me. It's good for you. And Beth, you're right on the money. You're really noticing this self-sabotage aspect. And so from here, then all those skills that you've been wanting to know about will be revealed. No, not, not beforehand, but after that. And then you won't need to ask me that second question. You'll know already. Mm-hmm. Wow. You definitely hit me in, it really to the core of something for sure. I definitely, I don't even know what to say. I, yeah. I Good. mean, all those, all those things you said, yeah. Good. I'm really glad. Yeah. And is that, do you, do you perceive me being able to dissolve those if I can imagine myself doing it a few hours ago, then I, yes, of course, my friend. I know, and even that asking you that is a sign of powerlessness. I know that, but um, no, it's not. Know. No, it's not. It's you looking in the mirror. You know, you know what role I play. I'm just the yeah. mirror. That's all. Yeah. You're just looking in the mirror. Of course, I'm going to respond to you with my heart, my friend. There's there's no way that you asking that question is wrong. There is no wrong questions, everybody. We Thank need you. mirrors. I can't. We can't see ourselves very well. The hardest thing for you to see, as any, no matter if you're a world class psychic or not, is yourself. <laughs> we, that's why we need each other. I I needed to go to somebody to show this to me today. I couldn't see it for myself. I was suffering, and I said, I need help. I'm I'm done not asking for help. So I've been helped by this person. And holy cow, I'm so glad that I asked for help because he's a wonderful mirror for me. And he's so deeply nonjudgmental and kind and really good at what he does. And I hope that I can be as adept as that one day. But yes, of course, please ask the question. And I'll give you the exact right answer, which is yes. Yes, you can. Because if I can imagine it for myself, someone who has wielded power in the wrong way in some of the most dramatically awful ways I could have thought of, then yes, you can. You can dissolve it too. 
Thank you. You're welcome, Beth. I love you. I love you. Thank you, Beth. We are feeling your empowerment. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Laura. We're feeling all of our empowerment. Thank you. Thanks, Beth. Thank you. Oh, well, this has been another beautiful episode of Quantum Conversations with the seer and scientist Elizabeth Wood. We are, again, inspired. Thank you, Elizabeth. We are smiling and we feel so much lighter. And we feel, we can feel this limitlessness, Mm. this world of possibilities in the newness. So as we say goodbye, I want to give you a moment to wrap it up with a few of your last thoughts. I think we're on to something, folks. Mm. I really do, and I don't say that lightly. I, Being a theorist and being interested in the future, nearly obsessed with it, I, I can see, feel, and I know deep within me both the scientific and logical and the esoteric and emotional part of me are saying, good job, everybody. We're going to surf this. It's going to be the most interesting part of our beautiful, magnificent homo sapien experience as we finally move into the juiciest parts of the new paradigm. We're in this transition period that's the weirdest part. It's so awkward to go from a beginning and to go from an ending to a beginning. It's super awkward time. So the next several years are going to be awkward. This is normal. This happens every time a paradigm shift or an age change occurs. But this time is unlike the other times because we're headed to becoming something new entirely, a brand new species altogether. With the level of evolution that we have an opportunity to surf over the next several years. And by golly, you're not alone. We're all in this together. I'm here. Lorenz here. So many people are here. People who have been doing this for a long time. People who have not. People who are coming in with new skills. People who are remembering who they are. And everyone who feels left behind, depressed, sad, angry, and self-hatred. You all count. Every single little moment that you're doing this whole consciousness thing counts. It counts towards the magnificent, organized, glorious, and harmonious new earth that comes from the inside out, which will be defined by our shift from Homo sapien to Homo luminous, the human of light, which is you. So here we have this chance. We're on to something. Don't give up. Keep digging in. If you're not sure where to go, Go to the place you don't want to go. Go inward. Go into your pain. Go into your fear. That's the exact place that when you dig, you're going to find all the treasure and all the light and all the superpowers that you've been wanting. That's where it is. You dig it up, you're going to see what I mean. And that atomic level of explosion of light will take over your body and your experience. And then you're going to say, 
holy cow, I didn't know this was actually real. I thought she was, you know, describing something else. But no, she's really talking about a physical, actual, real, measurable thing. And so that's for you. That's for you. You are the spiritual scientist. Don't stop doing this. You are on the right track. And with that, <laughs> that feels complete. You are on the right track. Thank you, Elizabeth Wood, for this beautiful message today and this upliftment and this inspiration. Absolutely feeling our power through the work that we do within. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Truly my pleasure. Thank you, Laura, and I love you with all my heart. We love you, and we just look forward to having you back again and just staying connected. And we thank everyone for being here as well and for sharing your beautiful light with our world. If you would like Elizabeth Wood's special offer, please check that out. Again, it is right here on this webpage at AcousticHealth.com. Now it is time to dance our way to the cosmic heart. And let's do something very peaceful with plant music. Let's bring in the energy of, an, of, a, of a fir tree sharing high frequency level of love. Namaste. <laughs>